You're listening to Future Theater Radio with Bill and Nancy Burns right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Hey, it is December... What's tonight? 14th, 2015, and we are your co-hosts, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Hello, everybody. Burns, and we're broadcasting live on a really weird night from the banks of Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Sulbury Village, Pennsylvania, on the Dark Matter Digital Network and PSN Radio, and our wonderful producer is the Jackal, Angel Espino. Say hello, Angel. Hello, Angel. Hello, Bill. Hello, Nancy. Hello, audience. Hello, Angel's uh, cold. Uh, yes. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why it's weird. I'll, t- I'll tell you why it's weird. Because and and hello to Keith. How are you, Keith? Uh, it has been a difficult week for Keith. How could he? Here's, be? here's why it's weird. Here's why it's weird. This morning, um, heading out before dawn, and the fog was so thick. Now, this is the middle of December, and the fog was so thick on a 55-degree morning that this was, like, this was like October in New Jersey. That's how weird it was. Because in New Jersey, in, in uh, late September through October into early November, there, there is a thick fog that hangs over the ground in the morning and burns away as the, as the sun comes up. You don't have that in December. In December, what you have is ice-encrusted cars that right, you have snow. to scrape off, and you have snow. Now, I don't want snow. I'd rather have this, but it is kind of eerie to be driving through 55-degree weather just 10 days before Christmas. Right, and, the, and that's what you think is weird about this week? Well, there's a lot of that's weird. That's about not where I was thinking either, though. That's <laughs> not where. I think no, but this there. particular morning, no, this particular morning was uh, was actually pretty weird because of that. It was very, very disorienting. Happily disorienting. It reminds me of a winter many years ago. Remember the winter in Nishanik Station when it was 50 degrees at Christmas and then 50 degrees below on New Year's. Well, you know, um, it's ironic because tonight we have Crystal Storm on, and that's basically what you're talking about. Where are the crystal storms? And in fact, in doing my research for crystal, um, I found out that it's a, let's see here, it's, it's a spell that you cast in certain online games, a crystal storm, in which when you cast that spell, all kinds of daggers, crystal daggers come your way. So I, I think crystal might know this, or is that her real name? So it's witchcraft. Wicked witchcraft. No, no, and no. I, and although I know it's really taboo. Not really. It's not wicked witchcraft. No. It's something closer akin to Minecraft. It's a, it's an online game, you know, or oh. a video, a video game. But I wanted to ask Angel, um, what are your plans? Or oh, I guess we should tell folks, as yep. of Monday and Tuesday. And now I think I heard at the end of the day. I mean, uh, Martin Willis is going to try to call in tonight and give us an update. He's one of the shows mm-hmm. affected by, okay, you know, if you don't already know, Art Bell uh, left, the, left the airwaves again. 
Okay. Uh, and you know what? As soon as I saw the the post that Nancy that uh, he was officially quitting again and retiring, it right. reminded me of this meme that I saw from South Park. Where one of the South Park characters, one yeah. of the adults sitting on the table, and he's like, "And he's gone again." And he's gone again. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's true. Ay, ay, ay. Well, you know, that part, that part is not the part that's driving everybody crazy. And I'm not going to speak yet about the host and the, all the shows. See, here's the thing that people who like future theater, uh, need to know. We will be live just like this next week and the week after the week and after. And every fact, week. Yep. Yeah. And I've been setting up guests because I decided to get a little bit more proactive here since we don't have the beautiful dark matter network anymore to platform us. Uh, but we, we well, still, we have, it's not as we, pretty, but it's pretty. Yeah, but we have pretty. PSN. We have, <laughs> we've always, we've, we've always had, well, PSN is pretty. I think it's pretty. I, I think, think it's pretty yes. too. I, I think, think it's, it's wonderful. Because it's not supposed to be pretty. It's supposed to be boyish, manly and all that. Boyish. But, I wanted to ask you, Angel, do, um, you have to, so what we'll do is next week, uh, just to refresh your memories, because many people have, have gotten comfortable making bookmarks, say, for Dark Matter. If you go on to Dark Matter next week, we may or may not be live. We probably won't, is the way it stands right now. However, the Tuesday shows, which would be Dr. J, and I think someone else, I, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping, okay, there's a, a, a live show before Dr. J, and I'm being bad not to know it all going. Find it I th- now. I think Dr. J is also not going to be live um, next week. So, no, just to- tomorrow. Board. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. I think probably for the rest of this week, I'm sure they're going to have live shows so we can just you know discuss what happened with the audience and tell them where we're going to be so they can find that's us later. You, that's what you hope. And I think Martin's right. show, Martin's show is very. He's very excited. He finally snagged uh, James Fox, and so he's going to uh, be live on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know whether Skywatchers has gotten the. Um, the notice whether you're going to be live or not Wednesday because he did say it was all going to be over on Tuesday but then Martin Willis is on Wednesday so maybe he's going to push to Wednesday but after that hmm. after that uh, here and, and do you know the reason Angel I can tell it to you if you don't know uh, monetary reasons no 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 oh. um, the reason why all the live shows are going to go away monetary reasons yeah well, that's well, that's what Keith said on. I guess on what, but but the real reason is because if the affiliates who are still on board legally and at least until the end of the month, I guess if the affiliates want to run a Art Bell rerun in the nine to three or the twelve o'clock midnight until three o'clock Eastern Art Bell time slot, if they want to run a rerun, they can. He's going to let them, but then he's going to push Heather and Midnight in the Desert down to our spots. Nine until midnight. You see? Well, well uh-huh. I, I haven't heard that. But listen, uh, I just got word from Keith that he uh, he's telling me that, no, he did not say that it's going to be over on Tuesday. That's wrong. Okay. Well, maybe Keith can call in and let us know. Maybe Keith, I don't know whether he's ready to talk, but... And Heather will not be pushed. Oh. Heather was going to stay at her nor- at the normal at the midnight. midnight in the desert okay, time. Well, that was yeah, that was one of the um, the uh, not givens. That was one of the um, you know contingencies. And, and also all live this week and next week, no live. No live next week. Next okay, week, so yeah. then so then next week 
uh, just listen up. Next week, go to futuretheater.com to see where the lives are going to be, you know, where you want to click. Go to psn.com. Go no, no, to, no, 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 no. Uh, whatever. It's psn-radio.com. If you go to psn.com, if you go to Future Theater, you'll automatically wind up wherever Future Theater is being broadcast live. But right, if, you say, if, you, Nancy, if you tell them to go to psn.com, they're going to go to playstationnetwork.com. You don't want them to go there. That's right. That's why I'm telling you, you cannot say PSN. PlayStation Network. Yeah. PlayStation Network. PlayStation. Yeah. So anyway, so go to psn-radio.com. Thank you. Uh, the links are going to all be on Future Theater. And then the thing is, there's a tune-in that, that Angel's got set up, right, I think? Correct. Yeah, we got a tune-in. Yeah, we're on everything. I mean, yeah, across so the board on all platforms. So they, look, and honestly, it's not going to be a major uh, a major change for the show. We're still going to be live in the same time slot. You can find us on PSN. We have a chat room there. If you guys want to chat, it's there. Um, you know, So that none of that's really going to change. Unfortunately, we're not going to be on Dark Matter because of the situation at hand, which sucks. But, but we might yeah. be on Dark Matter as reruns, you say. Um, yeah, but for might, maybe for a few days or thirty days or something, you know. No, no, no. I think well, as long as there's a dark matter, Keith might be still playing future theater podcasts, basically reruns. Uh, they're not live; they're canned. They're Memorex on. Um, yeah, but I, I think after thirty days, uh, he's folding the network. That's what it looks like, anyway. Sorry, I had to sneeze really bad and muted myself. Okay, well, <laughs> sneeze away. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nancy, you have any issues there? You okay? Hello, Nancy well, Burns. Anyway, it's just the two of us sometimes. Yeah, it is. So, these headphones, I tell you, I'll tell you one thing about the Microsoft what have headphones. You, what have you guys done to those headphones, man? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, they have such a short lifespan, at least for me. They work, they don't work on my iPad anymore for some weird reason. And I think it's a settings issue. I wish I could figure that out. But they do work on the iPhone. And I was going to broadcast on the iPhone tonight because they're fabulous on my iPhone. But I forgot my uh, sign-in codes for Skype on the iPhone. And I don't know how to retrieve them. So there you are. Sometimes I should write these things down. By the way, we're we're having a very special guest join the show right now. There he is, from Podcast UFO himself. Podcast UFO, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. Yeah. Hi, Martin. How you doing? Hi, Martin. Hi, Martin. You doing? Hi. Hi, Martin. Hello. Well, <laughs> tantalizing <laughs> conversation. Martin, are you there? Can we all hear each other? There, I can just hear everyone now. Hi there. All right, cool. oh. Hi, Martin. Hi. So, so what's um, on your mind? I hope you don't mind me calling in. Oh no, you're yeah. always welcome. All right. Well, yeah, it's um, yeah, interesting turn of events. You know, I think um, you know, we'll all figure out our ways to work through things. And um, you know, it's good to hear. You know, Angel's got all those things going, all the different platforms. And I, I personally am addicted to doing a show live after. Um, two years of doing it. It's just yep. like so much. Yeah, we are too. Yep. Yeah. Something about the challenge of it, and also the interaction of the people. I really. Well, yeah. Let's be honest. If you do a, if you do a recorded, a pre-recorded show, it's got to be perfect. Absolutely perfect. You've got to sit and you've got to edit it, and you've got to, you know, kind of relive your your show again. <laughs> right. And for those of us who perhaps like to take shortcuts home, 
it, this is just way faster. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be live, which feels easier. By the right. way, I got I to gotta say one thing. Uh, Jesse Randolph just uh, threw into this two cents. Uh, he sent me a Skype message saying, uh, dude, you sound like expletive. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for the kind words. And I, I, well, do, I do. I'm sick. Thank you very much. You sound like Mr. Flem. Uh, <laughs> what a week to get sick to. Let me tell you. Art Bell leaves <laughs> again. Star Wars is coming out this week. I'm dead sick. It's just a horrible week to get sick. Just terrible. Yeah. I'm terrible just coming week. down with a head cold now, so you gave it to me, Angel. That's what it is. I, that's, it was through the internet. I, no, I, I, think, it. I think it's sadness. <laughs> I think it's sadness because of Art. I think the, yeah, we're all I getting think, sick because we're sad. That's I think, no, seriously, I mean, um, somebody, uh, you know, the Belgab folks are trying really hard to, okay, here's the thing that Keith said to me, bottom line, I think, and I think I can tell it to anybody. If you want dark matter to continue, then you've got to uh, listen and support Heather Wade, who's stepping in, because in the Belgab universe, uh, they believe, and we all think it's true, that she's keeping the seat warm for Art. That maybe, or I sound so stupid, maybe Art's going to come back. But basically, that is what's going on. I mean, if uh, Art could pop in, he did her first show on Friday. Um, and I think that... Which, he, and, and, you know, it, while it was great that he popped in, I found that a little bit weird because the whole I know. point that he left was because of the situation with his family. And then he calls in and he said, and pretty much he interviewed the time traveler, I guess. Like, he was I know, like 20 I know. minutes. Right, that was very show. funny. I, I, like, I thought that was very, very funny that he did like, that. Why didn't, why didn't he just start the show and tell everybody what happened and, you know, that he's leaving and bring on you know, Heather and really just do the whole show himself. I mean, his last show, you know, we didn't even get that. Um, well, you know, one of the... Upsetting. One of the things I, I think this whole I, I was trying to picture even a wacko. Why would a wacko even do something like, you know, uh, like this, you know, tell him that, you know, he's going to kill him and his family if he goes on with the show. I just can't get why anyone would be, you know, that whacked out. Right. Martin, and and um, where they live nearby in Pahrump, you know, I mean, that's like that's uh, that. You know, it sounds like maybe it's more than one incident that just happened to... Well, Pahrump is really the desert. That's the other thing, too. I mean, this yep. is not... It's, it's, it's not so bad that it's kind of like an urban setting. This thing really is the desert. By the way, everybody, we have a caller on the line, 203. You're live on Feature Theater. Welcome to, to the uh, show. Yeah, someone said they were sad about Art Bell. You should be pissed. Dude, all oh. this hype of him coming back, and then he quits. Yeah. Well, I am, um, I am sort of pissed. I have to be honest. I'm, I'm more sad than pissed because I really wanted to see him, you know, stick around for a long period of time. I'm upset at the situation, but look, if it's something that a guy is stalking him, uh, or multiple people are stalking him and they're threatening him, and you know they're doing all these crazy things, and there are supposedly police reports about this. If this is really happening, then my heart goes out to him and his family because that's mm -hmm. a very scary situation, and I understand why he would want to take a break. Retiring again, eh, maybe a little bit too much. I would have just said, you know what, I'm taking a break until we figure this out real quick. Well, Let's he definitely said guy. he wasn't going to retire. I mean, this is not retirement. He said he was just hanging it up for a while, but it was not retiring. Yeah, but, that's, yeah, but it's the so, same thing. I mean, we'll he hasn't see. been working for years, and now he came back, and now he's leaving yeah, again. He's not working, you know, so that's retiring. Here, you know? Here's a really good suggestion. Some people said that when he had re repeats this year, 
this 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 session this hundred hundred episodes when the repeats happened he could have they could have uh, thought ahead that art might need to take a break he might need a vacation they should have started taking you know sort of the the minor league there's so many names that have been bandied about let them play guest host for the night uh, many of many of them would do it in a in a heartbeat in a minute's notice and basically yeah, and the point is, then people would have gotten used to other voices. Then they would have had an out. Something bad happens. He's got to he's got to get off the scene and say he's quitting. This could be what's going on. That's not true. See, they lost <laughs> they they lost monster affiliates. A re- I mean, yeah, that's the scary part about it because Art was the franchise that brought the affiliates into the network. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yep. Right, and yeah. I feel a little bad because um, on the on the uh, podcast not included, which ca- comes on right before us on the Deep Talk Network, we might as well start promoting networks because it's going to be a free for all. If Art, yeah, Bell- let's only let's only promote PSN Radio on the show. Okay, so. yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So Marty Willis, what do you know that we don't know? Tell me something well, you don't you know. Well, I don't know. Everything was conspiratorial. That you know, I was contacted by um, someone that was a former investigator, and they said that um that they were looking into you know the claims and things like that and suggested you know the first incident really happened and then this is a conspiracy i'm not saying i back this up in any type of way but that person was basically saying that the first incident happened where there was some kids out shooting or whatever and then art just simply it was too much pressure didn't want to disappoint his fans and uh simply you know made the other claims so they were recorded. Now, uh, there's no way to tell one way or the other like that. And I'm sure there's all kinds of, uh, you know, conspiracies all over the web. So no one knows except for art for sure. And um, but I think that's a little far fetched. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first two um, uh, police reports are now and they've now been released. And uh, again, um, you can find those if you go to Belgab or if you go to Belgab, that's really where you're going to find all this information. Uh, Belgab.com. Um, and in fact, Keith was saying that he's not, he's not been watching Belgab, but I can safely tell you that the people who were on Belgab that love Art Bell. Yeah, something's, going on with, something's going on with Nancy over here. My, my sound? Yeah, yeah. There it is. Yep, there it is. It's the, it's the headphones. You know, that's okay, why. Okay, I'm going to pull it out and put it back in. Oh, well, what man. you should do Sounds is actually dirty. relocate downstairs <laughs> near the wireless hub. Oh, wait, hold on. You're upstairs in, in the uh, room that was a problem before? Well, that That's explains everything. On. That explains everything. On. Why is she upstairs? Because that's where the sewing machine is, and it's also warmer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, speaking of warmer, you you were talking in the beginning of the show about this warm weather, you know, I was driving south on I-95 down through Massachusetts today, and a flock of geese were heading directly north. Oh, no. Isn't that weird? I have noticed that. I have noticed Burr's Marty going in the wrong direction. Wow. Nancy, why don't you switch headsets? Okay, listen, I'm going to have to close down, and you're going to have to call me back, okay? Okay, go ahead and do okay, that. Okay, bye. And no, you're right, Marty. Like, we have I, I have noticed that. I have noticed that indeed, and and I always thought that it was the um, daylight that affected when the birds started to migrate. So maybe it's not. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And we have uh, in Boston. There's some um, bushes that are 
um, blossoming flowers uh, and lilacs on my property are starting to sprout leaves. It's really strange. Strange year. No, it really is. I mean, this is actually going to try. I will bet you, I will bet you that by March next year, people are going to be uh, screaming this was the warmest winter in the history of the planet. Yeah, I know a lot of it has to do with El Nino, you know. Um, oh, yeah, 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 or, for uh, sure. I believe nobody, most... nobody ever blames La Nina. It's what's El Nino. Jeez. <laughs> well, the guys <laughs> always take the blame, Angel. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. <laughs> no, I mean, my son, um, who, who lives in San Francisco, was telling me that it was flooding so bad, and you know, like the streets of San Francisco, it was flooding so bad that when they walked out of their house, there were people just standing ankle deep in water. And I know if you remember, well, I'm the only person who remembers this, so why bring it up? But if um, in that particular neighborhood, uh, people were standing there ankle deep in water and somebody had the brilliant idea, gee, maybe we should just take the leaves out of the storm drains and a few <laughs> people kicked the leaves out of the storm drains and suddenly all the flooding went away. Well, I'll tell you, they need the water so bad out there. And I I saw somewhere where the road to Tahoe um, is, Lake Tahoe is closed from yes. snow. Yes, yes, I but know. they desperately need it. You know, all the reservoir. I used to live in Marin County, Northern California, and all oh, the no reservoirs. I like this road too. Yeah. yeah, all the reservoirs I used to hike around, I heard are, are all, you know, almost dry. So they really, really need the, yep. the wet. And, I'm, and I'm, think of Southern California, because Southern oh, California lives anyway. on the Northern yeah. California Sierra snow cap. Right. That's right. They depend on that. They'll have it this year. They're really I know. lucky. Yeah. I'm glad. I mean, I'm, I, I, I've got to get back out to California. I was out there for, I was out there, we were filming um, a demo reel for, for a potential series. And I have to tell you, just being out in Santa Monica Bay again, ah. It is, was it is magical. It yeah, really it was is. Out there last winter. Yeah, it's it, really... it really is the fountain of youth. I mean, you come back <laughs> east, and, and it's like you pile on the years, and you go back out there. I mean, I, I, I just went. I, I was out there, and um, I was staying in El Segundo, and so yeah, it's near the airport. Yeah, it's very. But I mean, it has changed so much since we moved back in 2007 that um, I was just astounded. Well, you know, I can take winters like this. Last winter, if you remember, it was just unbelievable. I live in Maine and, you know, um, up on a mountaintop. And November 3rd, I looked um, for my old writings from last year. November 3rd last year, we had a foot and a half of snow, and it never went away until March. I have pictures of, I mean, until May. I have pictures of uh, snow melting in May. And what a That's long what, winter, and this is just the polar opposite of it this year, and I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> well, oh, that's what we had a few years ago here. Um, the snow was on the ground as early as November, and, and, and by the end of March, it was still there, and we were, like, astounded. And believe me, I can live without that because yeah. it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, you know, getting back to um, the live shows on the Dark Matter uh, Digital Network, I personally may do something like a, a live stream on my, my own podcast site, which is podcastufo.com. But I want to keep the same day that I have 
um, just because I have some listeners that have been following ever since, which is Wednesday, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you know, we uh, have that time open on PSN Radio. You do have that time open? Yes, sir. We're talking then. We are buddy. talking. We're talking. You and I are talking, yeah. Indeed. All right. So we still going to have James Fox on. Yeah, James Fox is coming Very on. Nice. I've tried to get you him. You should needle James Fox and say, how come he never publicly thanked me for giving him the name for his next movie, I Know What I Saw? Oh, you did that? Yeah, because we, we were sitting. This was, this was on UFO Hunters. And this was, we were all sitting. This was, we were sitting in the UK. And we're sitting with the pilots uh, with uh, Ray Boyer who was the pilot over the Channel Islands who saw the big uh, UFO, the oh, big yeah. bright UFO. So mm-hmm. we're sitting there, and so, and we're sitting there with Nick Pope and Pat Uskert, obviously. And so uh, James saying, what should I call this movie? Because he was, he was, he was cutting. He brought his um, hard drive with him, and he was still editing the sequel movie to Out of the Blue. And so he said, I wonder what I should call this. And so we're all talking and we're coming up with titles. And I said, why don't you just call it I Know What I Saw? Because every single witness that you had in Out of the Blue, when you challenged them on, well, was it a helicopter? Was it, was it balloons? Was it flares? The, the constant response was, I know what I saw. So why don't you just call it I Know What I Saw? <laughs> All right, I'll have to uh, I'll have to bring that up for sure. Yeah, bring it up. Maybe bring that up. wouldn't be a good idea. Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can bring up seven hundred one because um, you know I mean I I don't know I you know you you can't really find much about that up on the internet the the movie that he's been working on I heard it was you know in the cutting room but um, I know how funding goes when it comes to these type of movies and you know perhaps there's some issues there I'm not sure. Well, I so thought I he had. I thought he'd put together his financing for that. Uh, maybe. I hope so. Because um, I thought I that so. Tracy Torme was was one of his investors. Yes, I know Tracy is involved. But anyway, that'll be. I'll, I'll talk to him about that and see you know where that stands. But I can't wait for another movie from him because everything that he does um, has been really really good. You know, chasing UFOs. Eh. You know, there was. Uh, it wasn't his fault that there was, you know, uh, some things happened on that show that, again, it had to do with, uh, you know, they can do uh, make things look spectacular and change everything in the editing room. And I think that happened quite a bit on that well, show. Uh, um, uh, did you see that in the, in the Washington Post today, there was an article on Steve Bassett as the UFO lobbyist? In, huh. the wa- in the Washington Post? Yeah, I was very surprised at that. Um, good for him. So he Nancy, broke into a mainstream newspaper. Yeah. Nancy, did you switch mics or, did you, or headsets, or did you just go with a different mic? Whoa. <laughs> All right. In any event, well, she's off white yeah, getting yeah, here from the other room. <laughs> but, um, no, I was really surprised at that, and uh, because for a, for a mainstream newspaper to carry a UFO story uh, about a personality in the UFO community that's not like human interest or news of the weird on Huffington Post was was really something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny how, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, Bill, but in the UK, there's all kinds of UFO stories constantly. Have you noticed that? In the yeah, UFO? I have. 
that yeah. if you go through, well, especially in places like the Daily Mail, you will right. see, uh, yeah. you'll see all kinds of UFO stories, but, um, and a lot of Hollywood scandal stories. But I was just surprised at seeing it in the Washington Post because they generally steer very far away. I mean, uh, the New York Times will not touch it. Yeah. I remember the only time the New York, it's funny because the only time the New York, I, I read a UFO related story in the New York Times was in 1997, believe it or not. And that was the day, and that was the day that, um, that was the day that day after Roswell was uh, published. And what had happened was, and, and, and I know this because um, someone told me, um, I guess Phil Corso was telling me this, that that was the day that the Air Force released its um, crash dummies report. And oh, it was yeah. mm-hmm. actually timed because, because Simon Schuster had notified everybody that they were going to be releasing day after Roswell in July, 1997 at the Roswell 50th anniversary conference. And Mm. so that was the day the air force chose to release its crash dummy story about Roswell. And it was actually a story. It was above the fold, which for the New York times is important. So it was above the fold and it was, I was really surprised to, uh, to see that. That was the only time I actually saw a UFO story in the Times. Wow. So yeah. seeing it in the Washington Post, focusing on Steve Bassett, you just have to give him some congratulations and say, good for you. You got it in a, a mainstream newspaper. Wow. Now, um, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that Steve will do a pre- He always does press releases when that goes out on his mailing list, which... Uh, I definitely get, and I know a lot of people do, so I'm sure he's going to send something out on that. I think he did already. I I, I think he knew that it was going to be in the paper, and he did release that. Yeah. Uh Look who's back. Let's hope it works. Does it work better? So far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it works better. So uh, don't lose that little dongle device, too. No, but you know what, guys? (laughs) Uh, Morton, did you tell folks where are you going to be live the following week after this week? Yes, I'm going to, you know, I have yet to speak with Keith. He's, he's probably listening. But um, but I I would like to keep my spot where I am and run my show live. Um, I'm going to talk to Angel about possibly running it on his and uh, also my um, live feed off of my uh, show that I'm setting up off of my podcast uh, website. So I want to continue running at the same time slot live somehow, and maybe Keith can play the show the following week as a, you know, kind of like a rerun or something. I don't know. I need to talk to him and figure all right, that stuff right. out. Yeah, I think we're in the same position. Um, I'm definitely in order. I mean, Angel is in a posi- in a weird position from all of us. Maybe not you, Martin, but he works every single day, 9 to 5 or worse, right? Worse. Oh, a lot worse. I wish it was 9 to 5. Jeez. Yeah. You know how much time how much time I'd have on my hands to do everything else? Right, and and you walked me through how to uh, produce, you know, produce myself basically, um, or broadcast myself. I put it up on the stream, and then I hit your thing. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> it hurt. Every time she hit it, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah, Angel, you better protect your yeah. thing because there, there was there was a slight four seconds before the pain kicked in, and then I was like, oh wait, oh. 
Oh, yeah. that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, um, it's been a wonderful run at Dark Matter. And if Dark Matter um, keeps on, we will be very happy. Um, and by the Same way, mm-hmm. yeah, tonight, uh, Heather's got, I think, Tobias Wolf is, is her guest. So Tobias Wolf. I believe, nice. let me just double check. But, but the beauty is, um, Heather has been Art's producer for all this time. Uh, his second producer, I think Dr. Right. J, J was, Dr. J was his first. And then mm-hmm. there was producer Paul. So basically Heather has probably guests lined up for two months. I guarantee it. She's right. very, it's very. It's a full time job doing that. Yeah, and the thing is, she loved it. She really, really loved it. And, now, here's uh, the challenge, though, Nancy. It's very easy to get a guest when you're saying, hey, do you want to be on Art I Bell? Know. I know. That's right. That's exactly been, right. Yeah, yep. yeah, I've been thinking that a lot. It's got to be weird because she's ha- probably had to make a repeat phone call to everybody and say, you know, hey, got some good news and some bad news. You're still <laughs> on the show. <laughs> but <laughs> Art's going to sound like a woman now. Yeah, I mean, I, and the thing is, I know that Art's been training Heather, and 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 yep. we all, no matter what you think of Art Bell, you know he's one of the greats, and to have him as a mentor mm-hmm. or a trainer, and basically he insisted that she pre-interview everybody, just for the, I mean, you know, that's what producers do, um, yeah. I guess. What are you, what are you trying <laughs> no, to say? No, what producers do. You you pre, unless you know the guest and know what you're going to talk about, you pre-interview. That's exactly what they do. All right, so. Um, I think that people not all producers. Uh, no, but but there's two <laughs> but there's two kinds of producers and and Angel since you run an entire network, you're in the Keith category. You're in the pull your hair out <laughs> hair. Yeah, I have none of that left. <laughs> yeah. And oh, you know, uh, but the kind of producer I'm talking about is the kind of producer Heather was for art right, and she right, didn't right. touch any dials or anything. She basically got the guests and so forth but but she did learn how to do all the radio part too and it's you know no offense to you guys but once i can figure out just a couple more things i could perhaps go back to our studio which has heil microphones heil microphones and a mackie mixer and i think i think now with the audio thing called audio hijack that the keith helped both of us set up martin as well um that we could perhaps learn how to do this in spite of Sam's broadcaster. And I think we could do this properly. And then, then Angel can be, he could be sleeping and he would just know the show's on. And, but if, he, if you want to be on the show, which I fully hope you do, then you put the headphones on and, and we just do the show. But, but basically I'm doing the, the uh, button pushing, right? That's the plan, I think. Is that, does that make sense? No. Makes sense uh, he's to me. Sleeping. I mean, he's sleeping. I'm sleeping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's a dream. And see, the same thing with Keith. See, I wonder if Keith could do that. I was wondering about that afterwards. Since with Angel, his ho- all of your ho- many of your hosts do their own show. Well, all they- the hosts produce their own shows. I mean, you could do that on Dark Matter also, but there is a logistic issue when, when you do it like the way we do it on PSN where, um, you know, the host who is just done with the show doesn't turn on the auto DJ or there's nobody behind him. Sometimes I'll leave it off and there'll be dead air, so I have to really be on top of everybody exactly. make sure they turn. So there's certain things that i got to do that Keith doesn't have to worry about, uh, but it beats, you know, being in there for every single show and, re- and making sure every show is live right. through your Skype because basically that's what happens with Keith. People call his Skype or they feed in through his Skype. Uh, we don't do it like that. We actually set up everybody uh, with their own broadcaster, show them how everything is done, and you know let them get on with the program. Yeah, except except us because we're special. <laughs> well, I we tried showing you. We couldn't learn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, you did okay. I mean, the Bella Haven episode, you, you 
produced yeah. yourself. Well, here's the thing, and here's the only missing piece, which is why I mentioned Mackie Board and everything. I'm, uh, the way I did Bella Haven was I just simply played my little jingle and then manually turned everything off and then turned on my Skype stuff and all that and th- then did the show live. So I, I didn't have the same broadcaster facility of switching from iTunes to Skype to right. so forth. I can, but way, that's minor. What? By the way, we're overdue on a break here. Go okay. On a- quick break a break is coming up this is the bottom of the hour right so we will be coming back with our guest crystal storm and i'm not going to mention tempest storm but i'm going to mention crystal storm who's going to be our guest and we will be back on future theater live on the dark matter digital network and psn radio after these messages so stay with us we'll be right back No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Superman Homepage. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now 954 973 that's 954 973 or visit keyinformation.com imagine no longer being tied down to your computer but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, Flying Saucers, Alien Abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet.
Hi, everybody. We are back on Future Theater Live with our guest, Crystal Storm. Marty Willis has joined us. Welcome back. And, Crystal, thank you for joining us tonight from the beautiful state of New Jersey. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. We are, too. So, so uh, Crystal, I can we just start? I haven't done an interview since probably Jackal last interviewed me, probably like a Ooh, year ago. Ooh, Jackal. Yeah. Oh, let's, uh, let's start. Her name. Yeah, let's start right there. <laughs> how, how, do, how, do, how, do, how do you know Jackal? How does Jackal know? Are you guys near each other in Florida? And the Jackal is right here, but that's beside exactly. the point. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, here's a funny thing. Um, one of the first people that joined PSN Radio years ago was Crystal. And uh, when I first saw her on BTR, I was like, she's great, man. I'd love to have her on the network. And I sent her an invite to join the network. And she was like, cool, I'll do it. And she's been on with us uh, for years now. Crystal's you know, been on PSN Radio pretty much as long as I have. Well, what's so. P- what was PTR? Blog Talk Radio. Oh, That's awesome. where I started. Yeah, and I started, I started doing radio accidentally. It was yeah, absolutely yeah. It was just yeah. I was I did a an interview on oh god, what was the name of the show, Jackal? Paranormal some Paranormal One Hundred One. Paranormal One Hundred One. Paranormal One Hundred One. I did yeah. What was the the guy's name who was the original host on that show? Do you remember? I, I am horrible with names. I want to say Stephen. Stephen. Yes, that's is actually Stephen? Stephen. Yeah, yeah, Stephen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He goes by Stephen, not no last name. Um, uh, <laughs> now you're asking for too much, Nancy. Uh, <laughs> so this is what year? This is a f- how long ago? Was that two two thousand nine? Yeah, it was eight nine or there. Yeah, because when uh, two thousand and ten is when we started PSN Radio. It's been five years now. Yeah, uh, yeah. In two thousand nine, we were we were still on BTR, and I left BTR for a while before I even contacted Crystal to jump on board with PSN. And I was on a different network called People's TV Network, and we were doing a video version of Skywatchers Radio there. And I also was on Tenacity Radio doing a, a radio version of the Jackal's Head there. And uh, Tenacity Radio didn't work out too well because we were starting off PSN Radio, and they got kind of upset that we were starting up our own <laughs> network and stuff. And we were like, well, simulcast is no big deal. They're like, no, 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 no. It's either us or nothing. And I'm like, all right, we're going okay, to Angel, Okay, Angel, right there. Stop right there. Um, this is a show tonight with all these hosts on it. And what you just said it drives me crazy. I don't <laughs> want to step on toes, but I would think that the more – networks that carry your show the better and that's what i'm saying the network yep. owners always say oh no 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 you have to be on our network only okay right. which and- is silly because if you look at am radio i mean our bell for example when he was syndicated on am radio he was syndicated across the nation different stations played him exactly same thing. exactly same thing. exactly so therefore wouldn't we all be better off with more networks picking yeah. up our shows you would think so yes you and no think so i don't see I mean, that yes and no Here's a note, and, and I understand where Tenacity, now as an owner of a network, I understand where Tenacity is coming from. So the say big, so. Say, say what it is as the well, owner. The, the big difference, and I brought the Arpel thing up and you know, this indication up for this reason. Um, there's a main reason. When yes. you're on terrestrial radio, sorry, I had to scream <laughs> at somebody. Uh, when you're on terrestrial radio, on AM radio, every station is really... Uh, playing for their local pocket audience you know every it's very very condensed to that area that they're playing the shows in so you have to be syndicated to get the broad reach of everybody else the difference on the internet is the internet is worldwide so you really don't need two or three networks for everybody to you know, listen to your show one show can play worldwide it's a big big difference so i kind of understand that you know back then i was kind of my ego took over and i was like no what do you mean 
What do you mean I can't be on two networks? But now I kind of understand that, which is why when we got on Dark Matter, the first thing I decided to do was, you know, whenever we're promoting anything, hey, we'll promote Dark Matter first. And if you notice, even in our intro, we always say Dark Matter, Digital Network, and PSN Radio. You know, I always put that one first, even though I am the owner of PSN Radio. I, I, th- I felt like that would be more, uh, I guess, uh, adequate for for the shows if we're going to be on somebody else's network as well. And it's just proper, you know, to do that to to the networks where they can, you know, get the proper promotion first. Uh, but, you know, I, I wanted to, I, I wouldn't want the shows to be on, like, on three or four or five, six networks. Dark Matter was, was something special. Why? Because Art Bell was on here, and Keith was on here, and, you know, they had a lot of great shows. And to be affiliated with Keith and Art, I mean, that's an amazing thing to, to itself. Right, right, exactly. So for me, I was like, I'll make that sacrifice. I would not do that for, like, say, another radio station online. But, I just would not do that. But here's where I think, think about this. You have a couple of shows personally, as well as running the network, so you have your right. own shows. And right. so if other people wanted to pick up your shows and put them on their brand new network, let's just say Martin is going to have a network, and let's just say I might have a network. If I have a, because I found out if you have a, if you get a stream, you have a network. The stream is very cheap. Right. Well, that's not necessarily a network, Nancy. You're confused. The network is when you have a lot of shows. That's a network. Yeah. When you just have a stream. You can look. You can have your own page. Like like Martin wants to have on his page his stream playing, his podcast shows or his archives or whatever. That's not a network. That's he's just he's podcasting on his own page. Yeah, but it becomes a network the minute. No, it doesn't. Gets... No, unless he has different shows doing exactly, different things. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Night. So that's I was. Yeah, but when I was starting, when I was doing Bellahaven, I had this idea of making Bellahaven be a hub 24-7 for all kinds of shows that admired Art Bell, were like, our, you know, paranormal shows and stuff. And so that therefore, if, if you ask one other person, can I broadcast your shows at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or something, then you're a network. You have your shows and the 3 o'clock in the afternoon show and music in between, I guess. I, you know, in other words, I, I think for the shows themselves, for Future Theater, for Skywatchers, for um, Martin UFO Podcast? Podcast UFO. Podcast you would UFO. figure she would know that by now, right, Martin? I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, when you have, a, when you have a, a brand, it it behooves you to spread your brand around as far as possible, don't you think? That's right. Speaking from, like from that Crystal point of view. Storm. That's a great name, Crystal. <laughs> By the way, Google Thank that, you. Martin. Go Google Yo, it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm sorry. Crystal, for how did you get the name Crystal Storm? Her mama and her daddy gave it to her. True story. Really? Yeah. Well, Crystal, do you know about the Crystal Storm that is the spell that um, goes in a particular game? Shall I look up right now? <laughs> Uh-oh, Crystal's uh, going in and out. That's you know? Okay. I, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, Crystal, something's going on with your audio. You're, you're really low, and uh, you're going in and out. Oh, it was. Is there a cell phone we can just call you on, so we don't have to have uh, the Skype issues? Uh, yeah. Oh. Can you ty- just type it on the on the uh, Skype chat, and I'll call you. Out. Thank you, because yeah, this is not good radio. Yeah, it, it's a weapon. Crystal Storm is a weapon, and I think. Crystal- By the way, before we get her, before we get her back on, not to cut you off, Nancy. Sorry. Uh, before we get her back on, I suggest everybody goes to Google right now and just type in Crystal Storm. I did, and um, I saw a, um, I don't know how to say this politely, a rather busty woman, and then right. I saw... That's Tempest I went to... Storm. That's Tempest Storm. That's no, 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 Storm. no, 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 there's no. There's a lady named Crystal Storm who is very, um, well, like he said, you know, she's busty. Um, but um, then I went to LinkedIn, yeah. and I saw author um, who she is, um, right. very 
very nice looking woman. Yes. Yes. Yep. But the the ongoing joke here with us is uh, if you Google Crystal Storm, the other one comes out first. It does. Yes. And it confuses the heck out of everybody. It really does. Yeah. In fact, it's funny because when we had her on Skywatchers, uh, you know, we mentioned, no, you know, Google your name, and she started laughing, and the other guy <laughs> was not aware of what would happen if you Google her name, and he went on there, he's like, wait a second, this is definitely not you. What the I'm heck not, I'm not getting that. <laughs> I, I typed in Crystal Storm, and I'm not getting that. I'm getting the hard the hard mode magic weapon for a terrain well, Terraria game, a game called Terraria. Click on what? Images, Nancy. Oh, on Images. Yeah, there we go. You uh-huh. guys, images, really? I, yeah. I said it. I did. Okay. Are right, we getting Crystal back on the line here? We're going to have a little uh, dial tone for a second here. Very professional radio. It is. It is. There you go. There's yeah, your see, Keith's going to expect us to cut all this crap out of the um, final podcast. Oh, wow. Crystal Storm. <laughs> Three rainy dingies. Can yeah. you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, Hi, a little Crystal. bit better. There Can you, you hear me now? <laughs> so, so Crystal Storm on the images is a lady with very big breasts. Very big breasts. Very. Yeah. And here's here's the best lovely, part about yes. that too. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm slowly getting famous because there's actually a porn site you can go to that has my picture and her bio. Really? <laughs> That's okay, awesome. No, I'm serious. And yeah, it's it's like the picture of me too. I'm like wearing my fedora and I've got like a black shirt on and I don't look anything like her at all. Oh. <laughs> it's got like her information, but my picture. It's great. Somebody pointed that out to me. I was like, wow. Well, every I don't little... know if I should like have them take it down or if I should just leave it. I'm not sure. I haven't decided. I wonder well, who, who did. You know who did that? Could it have been like a troll or somebody has beef with you? Or... No, Barnum, I think it was uh, I've never Barnum. gotten hate mail. I, I know I'm waiting for somebody to have beef with me. I think I've gotten like <laughs> one bad review on the book that I've actually read publicly that I could see. Yes, I don't. Yeah. I don't know where this beef is. That's right, and yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and then so let's talk about why DCS. What is DCS? Uh, well. It is it is my pen name, and because yeah. if you Google Crystal Storm, you get a porn star. That's that's pretty much yeah. what I decided to. Well, the C the CS. Do you know why you get a porn storm. star, by the way? That's porn eight? stars rule. No, 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 no. Uh, I will tell you why. <laughs> I will tell you. Uh, there is history to this, folks. Um, back in the nineteen fifties, one of the later burlesque stars was a person called Tempest Storm. And Tempest Storm, and I know this because Mickey Rooney once had a nine-hour tryst with her, and um, she was known as the size D stripper. And this was in the later years of burlesque, not in the early years, and it was a lot of comedy, and it was raucous, but it wasn't really, uh, wasn't really that naked. But in the later years, it was. This is after Gypsy Rose Lee. And uh, uh, Tempest Storm was a great was a great burlesque star, and she had a great act. And her boyfriend was the Los Angeles uh, uh, mob king, Mickey Cohen. Mickey Cohen worked for Frank Dragon, and they put the hit on Benny Siegel. And so, that, and so for, for one nine-hour day, she was Mickey Rooney's girlfriend until Mickey Cohen sent a couple of muscle guys, a couple of torpedoes over, and slapped him around, and that was the end of his relationship with Tempest Storm. I can't see anyone slapping around poor Mickey Rooney. Oh, it's awful. He, he actually worked for the mob. That was the, uh, that was, he owed so much money to the Las Vegas mob that he basically was doing collections for them. 
It was very sad. Wow. I can't, that's a, I can't see him wow. as a tough guy. That's another thing I can't see. Wow. He was collecting money from the mafia? Like he was... He was, yeah. He was. Basically, he was, an, he was an enforcer for the mafia, basically. He wasn't an enforcer. He just, <laughs> all he had to say, all he had to say was, you know, I'm from Mickey Cohen and you owe me money and pay it. And that was how he worked off part of his debt at the Vegas gaming tables. He told, me, he told me, he told me that the secret of his life was he once lost $2 at Santa Anita and spent $5 million trying to win it back. <laughs> About right. Very sad. There's definitely a life lesson to be learned there. Yeah. So, Crystal, I'm yep. curious, how did you get the name? Is Crystal Storm your given name? It is. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. Mom that's, and Dad that's, 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 that's really my name. <laughs> what, are well, parents, what are your parents' name, if you don't mind? Superstorm and... Oh, that's like, right. Superstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Wildstorm and Superstorm. <laughs> And the other, and the son is named Tornado Storm. And the son is named Tornado Storm. There you go. <laughs> yes, my mother's name is Carmen, and my father's name is Chris. Ah, okay. Yeah. And they so, they, uh, said they saw an opportunity and they took it. Or 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 did they want to name you Chris, but you were a girl, so they're like, "Hey, Chris stole." <laughs> well, you know, there, there was there was a uh, uh, there was a commentator on MSNBC. And a um, and she ran for Congress in Virginia called um, a Crystal Ball, and she and she once said in in this moment of astounding television honesty, she said how much she really hated her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I <Yeah. did> too. <laughs> if the last name had been Ball, I might have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you'd see a lot of things that other people wouldn't see. You know? I would. Well, I, 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 I wanted I, to uh, have fun with that. Yeah, know? it's better than tea leaves. Um, I wanted to ask Crystal. You said in Skype. I'm trying to find it now, but you said something so funny ha- about how you basically got your first novel, which is now number one of a series called Synarchy, Book One. Synarchy. Synarchy. Yes. Synarchy. 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 Why? Let the author pronounce it. <laughs> Correct. And the guy who's known her for six years. And I, read the I'm book. sorry. <laughs> no, what is the I'm name? Sorry, of, no, what is the name of your novel, Crystal? It is Synarchy Book One: The Awakening and Synarchy Book Two: The Ascension. But it's Thank Synarchy. You. I'm pretty sure. No, no, that's for people that live in New Jersey. That's how they pronounce yes. it. Right? That's like sea caucus instead of born in Virginia. I was born in Alexandria, Virginia. I lived in North Carolina for a while, and then I got to Jersey. So I'm sorry. But how did you? How did you put it? <laughs> Something about you know, I just kind of. You know, threw it together. Not through. Well, anyway, but I thought it was very I smart. Threw it together. <laughs> oh, Jeez, it was, I'm, I'm that's not a writing whatever. Throwing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just writing words, and then things came out. I should read my novel. That's how it goes. That's, I, mean, I wasn't I even writing. going left or right. I was going you, right you to left, but it just became stuff. a sentence. I did. Yeah. I wrote it, and I thought I knew what I was doing, and I did not. But I was like, whatever. I'm going to publish it anyway, and that is book one. Yeah, and it reads like somebody's first creative novel because I don't think it's that good. Well, I think <laughs> see, I'm just starting. I love starting a book knowing that it. there's book two, because mm-hmm. then you kind of settle down for a long way. But but tell tell us um, the the intriguing parts of your bio are the parts I would like to talk about if we could, and they and that has to do uh-huh. with all of your spiritual. Let's just say 
uh, learning, let's say learning, okay, or uh, you, it sort of, it sort of seems as though it's been a lifetime quest. Yes, it kind of feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonarchy started. That's that's why I wrote Sonarchy. I had like a, a life crisis, you could call it. Um, one of those moments, you know, I worked in. It was very mundane. That's what that's what I call it. I had a you know very mundane life. You know, you go to school, you're kind of interested in the weird stuff, but not really because you know you want to major in political science and maybe grow up one day and be a lawyer and all that kind of stuff. And then you flunk out of college. That's not what it's cracked up to be. It's not, not at all. <laughs> you know, I flunked out of college because I went didn't go to class and I did too many drugs. And my mom got really mad at me, so I came up to New Jersey, and then I got stuck in corporate America for a while. And I, you know, I was good at it. I was good in corporate America once I settled down, so I did all that. What, did you, I what did you do in corporate America? I was a records manager. And basically what that is, if any, it sounds as boring as it is, if people don't know what it is, is basically the company that I work for, we will take your documents, invoices, uh, leases, that sort of thing. We put them in big machines called scanners, and then we make those documents available to you online. Wow. Uh, I thought you meant mm-hmm. records, you know, like LP. That's what I thought. I thought that's what I thought. You were handling platters. <laughs> this is very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's what I used Not quite as exciting as it sounds, huh? No, not at all. <laughs> sounds like a barrel of laughs. Oh, I was so. You, if anybody who's ever worked in corporate America knows how much fun that place is, it's not at all. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I kind of had a life crisis where everything was just not going well. Um, personally, professionally, I just decided that this wasn't going to work anymore, and that's how I kind of got into the spiritual side of things and all the, the woo stuff. That's why they also call me woo. Right. Well, so tell tell us what not the crisis itself, but tell us where you turned. I turn to everything, and, and that's really the, what's weird about spirituality and one of the hardest things that I think about spirituality is, is what you will find is you will find many different pieces that resonate you. You, you know, when, when you come from, you know, I used to be Catholic, okay, so I came from a very religious background where, you know, you like find yourself in the book, in this mm-hmm. one book, and it's the Bible, and that's where you get your information from. Mm-hmm. Spirituality is completely different. You'll get it from this teacher. You'll get it from that teacher. You'll get it from, you know, that sentence, and that's just a sentence. That's it. That's the only thing that you resonate with is that sentence, and everything else you can just throw it away. Yeah, so but, but that's very, that's everywhere. very, but that's also very risky, lonely, and terrifying because when you have just one book and you have a commitment to go to church every Sunday, you feel like you don't have to think about it really. It'll take care of you somehow. But once you go out on your own, you're going to have these big moments of darkness, don't you think, where you think to yourself, now what do I do? Who do I turn yes to? Yes no. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes and no. Um, you absolutely do have that kind of dark moment at the soul. Um, anybody who tells you that spirituality is easy is a big fat liar um, because it is not. And, and it's not so much, you know, because you don't have anywhere to go because I found some very, um, you know, I, I found teachers along the way and I found people who I could go to and have these conversations with that I kind of resonated with. But it's scary because it's really a matter of taking your power back. Um, I don't want to knock religion on anybody because you do what you want to do, but with religion, you're giving it away. You're saying that, you know, you're praying to God. You're, you're, you know, you're giving it away to somebody else. With spirituality, you're taking it back in. You're, you're coming back down into a personal relationship with yourself, and you're acknowledging your own inner knowledge and your own knowing, and you're listening to your own gut feelings, and you're taking personal responsibility for your own life, the good and the bad. And that is both scary and very liberating. Right, right, right. 
Yep. <laughs> so, so how did you manifest your spirituality? In the day to day, she met me. <laughs> I she met Jekyll. That's you. right. <laughs> I'm a spiritual you know healer, what? Nancy and Bill. You didn't know that. <laughs> That's what I do. And here I'm trying to be. And here I'm trying to be intellectual, and you're walking all over it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You can't be. I mean, you can be with spirituality, and you can't be. I mean, you can be with spirituality if you want to study things like the noetic sciences. That that's a great way to go. That's a whole study on consciousness. Well, that that's where I want to go. I want when you mentioned absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned physics. That'll blow your mind. That's uh, that's kind of spiritual nature too. That stuff. I mean. But my day-to-day is, I've been out of the world for a while, and i uh, just get real talk. I've kind of been battling depression for the last two years, so why I've been, oh. I've kind of been on the air, and that's, you know, kind of it, and I'm slowly coming back to myself and finding my creativity again, and I think it's kind of a product of, one of the first things you do in spirituality is, is it's kind of like a heart opening, and I like to call it heart-based living, and you, there's actually a, you want to get intellectual, again, is actually a really awesome thing called heart math that you can look up. It's a whole science of the heart and how it's really, you know, really healthy for you to, to live based, you know, from your heart and all that good stuff. And Crystal, is that, and chart. is that heart is that map? Heart M-A- math. M-A-T-H. M-A-T-H. It's called okay, heart thanks. math. Yeah, you guys can check it out. It's a whole, the whole thing. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times what happens is you care too much about things. And if you don't know how to kind of shield yourself and if you don't know how to let go of the stuff that you can take in, it can really wear on you. I've spent whole days just crying. This is a true story. Like the whole day just crying. That's that's real. Um, so it can be tough. <laughs> well, um, Crystal, how old are you? I am 35. 35, yeah. It's, you know, it. I can safely tell you that when you reach a certain age, maybe 50, maybe 60, the ups and downs uh, smooth out a bit. But not at 35. You've got You've got <laughs> rock and roll ahead of you. Thanks, Nancy. I'm so looking forward to it. (laughs) I'm so excited. Yeah, but it does get better. So, so when you said noetic sciences, sciences, Mm -hmm. what what do you mean there? Uh, It's like, and uh, uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell was actually one of the founders of it. Um, And the noetic sciences is it's an organization, and they're dedicated to the kind of the scientific study of consciousness and Mm -hmm. what consciousness is and what we're talking. I mean, when you think, who's thinking? Who is that person? Who's that person in your brain? I know, and like, not everybody that's listening, think about that for a second. Your head's going to explode. You're like, it's me. Is it really me? Who is me? You know? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, with quantum physics, you have those fun conversations about who is the observer. Why does the observer affect the experiment? Right. That kind of stuff. So that's kind of the stuff that I, that I kind of got into a little bit. Um, I kind of glossed over it because I'm not. Uh, I think it's a left brain thinker at all. I'm, you know, I'm imaginative. I'm creative. I'm that person. So I'm like, I think it's great that there are, you know, all those scientific people are, are jumping into study because I think it's really needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, I didn't need that. I, you know, I kind of, it was almost like it's great that it's kind of they're validating kind of the stuff that I've been feeling, but I didn't need to know it. So I have a, I kind of have a baseline under, understanding of it. Right. Right. And so how right. do you apply the noetic science? How did you apply the noetic sciences to bring yourself out of uh, this depressed state? Uh, I wouldn't say that I applied it. I, I would say that I have, I've been getting back to the basics. And for me, the getting back to the basics is very simple. It, it, 
pretty much been kind of getting back into a, a meditation. And I'm not a person that can just like sit in Indian style on a lotus pedal and just go, mm, and like jump into meditation. That's not me. My brain goes and goes and goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to move. I need to be, uh, that's why I kind of gravitate towards Tai Chi. Yeah, um, I was going to say, Tai dancing. Chi would be, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's great. I love Tai Chi. Well, there, 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 there are there there are different yogas for different personality types, and there is a yoga yeah. for the crazy um, obsessives, the people who like to you know count. Like for example, we like to count how many steps we have on our stairs that go up to say that you know or, or to our car. And uh, a yoga for that kind of person would be to become mindful and just kind of re- you know learn to count and and become mindful of that sort of thing, and then provide for the universe a hundred steps every day or some such thing like that. Um, but. I've recently, I mentioned on Skywatchers last week that I had discovered this, this fella, um, and I got it from uh, another radio show called End of Days Radio. I guess, can we announce other shows? Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What the heck? I think, I think in, 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 in unity, we will, we will all be stronger if we tell people, I liked this show or check this one out. I think it's good because people will still come back to your show, but they'll add other shows. This is, but this, this is this fella. His name is Lon Milo Duquette. And oh, he's God. an amazing character to study. And I hope we get him on our show, but he talks about, okay, here's a guy who decided, just like yourself, Crystal, to go and, uh, learn it all, and it, he um, he he ex- he became one of the remaining uh, heads of the OTO. Uh, he studied uh, Crawley, Al- you know, um, Alistair Crawley, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and of course, we all we are all trained to go. Ugh, that's scary. He's a scary satanist. But this guy, Lon Milo Duquette, suggests not so. Much of what he wrote was metaphor, but he leads you into the Kabbalah. Now, interesting thing about the Kabbalah, it's the opposite of um, uh, Eastern Buddhism and um, meditation and stuff. Instead of stripping away everything until you get to the center core of nothingness that is yourself, the Kabbalah sets out to uh, organize everything in the universe, everything, into kind of like a cosmology. And it uses the uh, Hebrew alphabet to do this. And it's for an, for a person like myself, I'm an editor as well as a writer. This is exciting stuff. Organizing the whole entire universe. So I suggest, <laughs> seriously. So I wanted to bring that. It's a long way bringing around to how did you take what you've learned and put it into fictional form, Sinarchy? A lot of research. I'm going to have to take a picture. When then they when they see you guys have all the research that I still have, and I've actually thrown some away, but I still have two big tubs full of research that I did for Snarky. Like um, what? Like what? Uh, the stuff that I read, uh, Alistair Crowley. I have read uh, the Emerald Book of Thoth. Um, ah, I cool, have, cool, cool, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I've read that. I, I literally, I have been everywhere. I didn't know about the Dark Knight satellite. I know all about the pyramids on the moon and the bases. And I read a whole story about a guy who said that he lived on Mars forever. I didn't know about the Dark Knight satellite. I don't know how I missed that. It's still bothering me. Uh, but literally everything. I've, I, and, but what I wanted to do when I sat down to write Sanarchy, you know, I, I had to write this book, and I, you know, and I'm. I'd always been a writer, and I'd never taken myself seriously as a writer, so I decided to just do it. But I wanted to throw something meaningful in it. 
and that was kind of my contribution. And I kind of wanted to take everything that I was learning that was literally scattered all over my office in different piles and pieces and put it into something that people could follow. Mm-hmm. And they could say, okay, well, I'm reading, you know, and you and kind of, you can, when this kind of stuff, you know, we're talking about, it's really far out. But in fiction, it's like safe. It's safe in fiction because, you know, there's this, you know, it's, it's not real. So, you know, you can, you know, sneak away to your computer after you put down some art and you can look something up that you found in there that you thought mm-hmm. interesting. And it's fine because you just wrote a fictional novel and you're just interested. Right. So, you know, there's that security there. So, yeah, that's but, what I did. And, and yeah. I threw in the mafia because I liked them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten that far in. Um, I haven't hit the mafia yet. Well, you did. You met them in the first page. On the first, well, no, 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 I'm, first not, page. no, I'm, no I'm not there. I'm, I'm, we have had such a rock and roll week that it's really been bad for show prep. And I have only <laughs> opened up. And I go, I'm a slow reader. I go very slowly. I'm, I'm still in the very, very beginning. I'm careful. And I'm in the very, very okay. beginning in you the prologue. Many, then. I got, have what? You've met many, then. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, one other thing. I mean, anyway, you guys go. I'm looking something up real fast. Menes, yeah. Well, so, what is the, so, so what is the story of Sinarchy? Uh The story of Sinarchy is about a mafia family who is not saving planet Earth, but they are in a way. They're basically giving planet Earth a shot to, a shot to save itself. And there's a lot of conspiracy theory in there as well. Um, I talk about the Anunnaki, I know. Angus gonna hate me, but I, you know, I took some stuff from Zachariah. Hey, I love fiction. Fiction's cool. <laughs> fiction's cool. <Yeah. laughs> love fiction. I did. I threw some stuff about the Anunnaki in there. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I did because my research led me there, and I thought it was very interesting. Um, so I liked using them as the villains of the book, and kind of, you know, made them the puppet masters of the but shadow government. But why mafia? But why mafia? Because they are unlikely heroes. They are the, and I like messing around with unlikely heroes. And I thought, uh, two, two reasons. One, because they're unlikely heroes. And two, because at the time I was involved in a role playing game online, um, when I was doing a lot of writing. And they were kind of, it was kind of the world that I was in. So I had been doing a lot of research about the 1920s and the mafia. And I really, I really liked it. I really liked that period in, in U.S. history. I really liked that era. I really like all the stories that came out of it. And, well, and uh, was, Bill, yeah, Bill's going to have to tell you a story, but when you were playing... I love Mafia stories. Yeah, um, the role-playing game. What role-playing game were you playing? Uh, it's not around anymore, but at the time it was called Shadai Bloodlines, and it was all text-based. It was all text-based role-play. Mm-hmm. And it's basically and, a whole lot of writers writing to each other. It's like writing a book to somebody else. It's amazing. Exactly, and have you... Uh, there's, there's a little thing that I have to tell you, and I think you're probably finding it out already, but when, you're, when you write a book, a fiction... You spend so much time creating a world that becomes so real that, mm-hmm. in fact, it does become real. You will find that you will, at least in, in, in the case of my, my fiction, which is not, my first fiction was not, um, it's not a science fiction at all. And so many things that I thought I was making up uh, turned out to turn out to be true. To yeah. the point, to, it's just weird. You do, and I've looked into, you know, reality creating because we, we do reality create and mm-hmm. n- nobody works harder than a writer to create a reality. You begin to inhabit it, dream about it. Um, and you are in fact making it real. And wouldn't it be funny if you're making a real world someplace else? Just, you know, it could be, you know, just. I think hell for writers is meeting their characters. Because I've done some rude things to my characters, they'd be really mad at me. 
really mad at me. Well, that's, at that point, I, I, I did. Re- I, yeah, I read that part about you know this is not going to be you know it's it's a it's a fiction, guys. <laughs> In the very it beginning, is. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what? Oh, oh, it, it's funny. What motivated? In your fiction, what's motivating the organized crime families, because they don't like to be called the mafia, it's the families, what motivated them to save the planet? First, it's a power play. I mean, at first, it's, it's this, the, your, your, your protagonist, is, is, his name is Stefano Terenzio, and he's, you know, he's one of those mobsters. He's got, he's got a grand plan. He's very ambitious. So he's moving up in the ranks, and he's taking over the New York mob, and he's, you know, doing things. He's a bit of a rebel, a bit of a renegade. He's kind of, you know, doing things that are not so traditional. He's pissing other people off, but he doesn't care because he's got this power base. And then eventually, you know, you, you, you gather this power, and you draw attention of the more powerful. And that's kind of what happened. And when... You know, Stefano first, when Stefano first met, um, you know, the Anunnaki, the puppet masters that were controlling things, he saw it as a challenge because he's got a very low viewpoint of mankind. They're not, you know, they're easily manipulated suckers. That's how Stefano views, you know, most of the people on the planet. They're, they're easy to control. So now he's met somebody that's kind of his match. So that's what it started out as. It just started out as, I will kneel to you. I will do whatever you want me to do because I'll get on the inside and then eventually I'm going to take you over. That's mm. how it starts out. So it starts out purely for ego. And then yeah. the story goes on for generations. You know, through his son, it actually is the one, no, no, it's not his son. And then his, his son's grandchildren are the one that actually finishes it out. So this is a, it's a really long power play that starts as just, you know, one guy wanting to take down the bigger guy on the hill and turns into something a lot more. Well, it's very logical, actually, because if anybody's going to represent the human race, let's say in a war, in a war situation with something else, the mafia would be the ones you'd want to call. Because, you know, they've got the weapons, they know, they know how to... How about the people? army, maybe the navy, the marines? No, because they'll be on the side of the other people. I mean, that's, that's, that's you know, that's order 666 right there, Jack. Well, that, you know. See that? See that? <laughs> yeah. I still have a little trouble, you know, actually trusting the mafia for anything. No, but but Crystal, tell us, uh, what did you, you know, the mafia in the 20s. Now, uh, Bill has a story about the mafia that is a shocker, really a shocker. It's one. Yeah, and you know, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the first books we ever did, and it's actually speaking of Art Bell and and his wife, who was unhappy about you know the terrible danger he's in uh when this fella came to bill and wanted to do his life story he came with two bodyguards and it's you know it's only the second time in our marriage where i really put my foot down and said you know it's me or the book me or this guy what was the first time um the first time was when bill um became partners with the guy uh and he wrote serial killers joel uh, norris joel norris One because, of the first books I wrote was about a serial killer. I, really? I want to go back to that book one day. Yes, I have uh, was my was my passion for a really long time. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, one of my favorite books. Thomas Harris, one of my favorite writers. Love that movie too, by the way. Well, oh, yeah, great, um, great but guys, movie. guys, Bill wrote the book called Serial Killers. We don't even we didn't have the words in the language. The term yes. serial killer actually came from Bill Burns. The actual term <laughs> serial in, killer. only in trade book, only that. in popular. Only in popular nonfiction. No, no, no. Take, take credit, Bill. You I created the term. I have two books on criminology on my bookshelf <laughs> that I bought at a pocket because I was that interested in the subject, and they were 90 bucks a pop. So, like, the actual text about criminology because I was that interested in the subject for a very long time. 
book I want to go back to. Well, yeah, and the thing is, I felt that Bill was dragging evil and horribleness into our life in these boxes of horrible photos, um, yeah. just awfulness. That's a dark and, place. And, but here's what here's what he said that finally convinced me because obviously I backed down and we're still here. And it's this: the um, concept of serial murder wasn't in people's minds, and therefore serial uh, killers could go from state to state, and mm-hmm. their tracks were never being followed because each state guarded their their records with uh you know with uh you know with guard dogs and stuff, and basically didn't share their records. And it wasn't until I think Bundy that the and, yeah Bundy and, that was the first that was the first that was the first instance it was the Ted Bundy task force where uh, the different police agencies actually shared police agencies uh, jealously guard their crime scenes and they guard them from the feds as well but in the say, Bundy don't the feds get involved when it goes to interstate absolutely and so um, what happened was that um, in the Ted Bundy case because it crossed from um, Washington into Oregon into um, Montana, I think, was one of the states. Uh, Because of that, uh, Colorado was a state. uh, The uh, the feds got involved. The FBI um, got involved. But the various police agencies among themselves began to share the information. And in so doing, they set up an interstate task force on their own and out of that task force, and, and this is actually why a certain, um, um, call it a long-term control-type serial killer, you don't see those kinds of crimes anymore with the uh, frequency that you did 30 years ago. And the reason is, on the one hand, I want to say the book Serial Killers made a difference, but on the other hand, um, because of Ted Bundy, Various agencies began to link themselves together, and now what we and now what law enforcement has. And I worked on this for the Department of Justice uh, 20 years ago. What uh, what we now have are um, these databases in which it's clear that a serial killer's name will turn up over and over again uh, in 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 the witness reports of a certain kind of a crime, a sexual crime, but you won't notice that name turning up because it's so disparate unless you have a way to filter that data for certain kinds of repetitions. And when that happens, out comes that name again and again. And that's how Ted Bundy was first discovered. Um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Seattle, uh, the King County Sheriff's Department, Bob Keppel, used uh, Detective Robert Keppel, they used the um, state of Washington's uh, motor vehicle database as a way to cull the various names. It was a brilliant maneuver. And, and when the punch cards came out, you're talking 1980s technology, when the punch cards came out, they basically found that they had 100 people named Ted or 150 people named Ted that they would then investigate because that's who they were looking for. Somebody named Ted who drove a, a, who drove a, a VW Beetle. And um, so that was really all they had and who hung around the University of Washington area. 
And with that, they actually, when Ted Bundy was caught, he was caught throwing out burglar tools in Salt Lake City and a very, very smart sheriff's deputy phoned the task force. And that's how Bundy went from Ted number 20, he was Ted number seven, all the way to the top of the pile. When they began to research his, um, uh, where he purchased gasoline, where uh, he cashed his checks, when they did that, they were able to tie him to various crimes. And in fact, one of the things they found was that the very first crime in the University of Washington district was the murder of Linda Healy. Ted and Linda Healy were in the same psych class. They were both attending the same psych class at University of Washington. It was an independent study program. So that was really, and, and that was the beginning of how they began to track these long-term control type serial killers. Wow. That was too long, well, right? well, 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 No, 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 but but did he also, did this happen when he was still working side-by-side side with Ann Rule? Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is, well, what happened when he was working at the University of Washington Rape Crisis Center, literally next to Annie Rule, and then um, he went to law school in Salt Lake City. And, and she so has they, she has since recently died, and I got that um, sadly from a Twitter listener. Uh, sounds silly, but a Twitter listener, and I I always and I meant to tell you, and I don't know whether you know that, but she. Oh no, I, I I I I knew that Bob and I talked about it. Annie Rule was instrumental. Annie Rule, the book that I'm talking about is the book called The River Man, which became a movie on A and E, and um, Annie was instrumental. In, in going to her editor at Simon & Schuster at Pocket Books and basically saying, you've got to do this book. This is the only book on Ted Bundy that makes sense. And uh, they published it. And it, it, this was almost, this is 25 years ago. And the book is still in royalties. Wow. And see that crystal. That that's what. Okay. So in terms of Sinarchy, does do the mafia does the mafia appear in book two or is that yes they sure? do. They're in they're in book one and they are in book two. Book okay. one really leads on quite the cliffhanger, and then book two I wrap it up somewhat. Yeah, it's, it sounds it sounds excellent. It sounds like a really good idea. Um, and and in addition to the uh, Anunnaki. What other negative or positive forces are in, in the novels? Uh, positive forces in the novels. The, the Anunnaki and, and the shadow government are really your, your negative forces in the novels. Positive forces in the novels, I have a big like of angels and their mythology. So I, uh, I toss them in. I kind of rewrote the story of creation a little bit. Not the story of creation. Um, the story of the flood in the book. <laughs> that's, um, that's audacious. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, I mean, hey, you're, uh, you're taking on some big, big feet there. I did it. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I won't spoil it for so you. Is Noah, so I, is Noah a character? Noah makes a cameo appearance, as does Lucifer. Wow. Wow. Uh, the Archangel Michael also makes a cameo appearance in the book. Well, angels are um, interesting things as you look into the occult because angels in the uh, ancient world were were considered almost like mentors uh, for the human race. Mm-hmm. You could actually communicate with them. They Absolutely. they could be our teachers. Yeah. Um, did you come across John D in your studies? John D, the um, sorcerer, if Tell you me. will. 
chemist. Maybe. I don't, I don't do names. Tell me a little bit more about him. Okay, John D., um, and, and, and when I do my research or learn, want to learn something, I always go with a really simple name so I can pronounce them, like <laughs> D-E. <laughs> Seriously, I study Zen over everything else because I get Zen, I could say it. Yeah, like, it's only I, one syllable. Of, exactly. You can't mispronounce it. The Tao De Jung. I'm not going that, there. Yeah, forget I, that. I, you know, Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. I mean, it's, you know. How do you pronounce her name? Her name, Madame Val 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 something. Val Valsky. Yeah, yeah, that's her. That's it. I've read some of her stuff. I, you know. What, Halia Bogatsky? Israel, somebody stuff. The I don't remember. Lebowski? I think it's <laughs> 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 And that is actually. I've read lots of things I can't pronounce. It's fine. The, you know, <laughs> the Big Lebowski will, en- will enter mythology, I think, because it's one of the most perfect movies for our you know for a certain generation um people refer to it all the time nowadays and i think that's the new mythology in addition to star wars of course that is um, the mythology nancy yeah. star wars that yeah is- and, and it's crystal but, but, it's, but let's be honest let's all, let's all be honest though the rug really did pull the room together <laughs> i know it did I know. it did, it <laughs> I know. did. And, the dude still ab- and the dude still abide <sighs> The exactly. dude does well, and and we're doing uh, we're doing uh, an X Files marathon to try to catch up for the January first or the January return. And I last night we were watching, and this is when Mulder turns to Scully. She she has just identified a World War II plane of some kind that's on the bottom of the ocean, and he turns to her and says, "I'm suddenly turned on." <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great techie kind of moment. Yeah, but um, I miss the X Files, man. They yeah, should that, show, that show should have never been canceled. Well, I'm I, I'm so creeping up to uh, you know we're in season three, maybe fifteen or sixteen. We're creeping up to season four. Am I going to watch Home or am I going to skip Home? Um, and now I think uh, the other guy knows what I'm talking about because we talked about this. This is the band episode Home. <clears throat> Do yes. you guys? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and also um, Angel. Uh, everybody here will agree with me. You really have to uh, look at Serenity um, and Firefly and all that. You really ought to get into that series. You you would just love it just as much as everybody else does. And you're you're missing something. I point out. Mm-hmm. I put it on my bucket list. Maybe you re- yeah. I, and I hate, and I hate the con- I hate the concept of bucket list. I would never do a bucket list. I'm too superstitious. <laughs> I got a lot of things on my bucket list. Nancy. No, wait, wait, wait. Why are you superstitious about bucket lists? I'm so because my God, no matter how many things I put on it, I would just plow through them, and I, then I'd start to slow up as you get past the halfway point. I don't want to die. And the worst, you know- part, yeah, yeah. And the worst part is when you're done with your bucket list, what happens? Do you just kill right the hell over? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good to know. It's terrible. Be careful, Angel. Well, the, the point is, I put it on my bucket list, and I'm never going to get to it, so I'll live forever. No, oh, you okay, put, got you. Put, yeah, you put at the bottom of your bucket list that I want to live forever, and then 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 you could complete your list, I suppose. But you know, right, yeah. uh, you bucket might, list the, is really for procrastinators. I am slow at procrastination. I have I a friend slow. that was um, a long time ago that was getting married. We were like in our twenties, and he said to me, "Oh my God, what comes after marriage? Death." <laughs> oh no no see he's wrong his first uh, after marriage comes uh, maybe a few years of happiness and very slight happiness then of course a lot of taxes and a lot of problems with family maybe the in-laws are not cool so really it's the next 20 years of hell and then you die or, or other marriages yeah or other marriages either way it's hell I'm, mm. I'm gonna make die. I'm gonna make the single people unhappy but it's when you get to hang out with your best friend anytime you want 
It's really I'm fun. I'm my own best friend. I'm a mock. Aww, Aww. that's so sweet. <laughs> Bill and Nancy Barnes give me hope for the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, um, and, and before, I know we're coming, we, we will come to a break soon, but. In, but what is it, but five minutes? Do you, want to, do you want to tell the story of the squad, this is the mafia story, before or after the break? Probably. I should tell it now, because if I tell it after the break, it'll be too long. Yeah. <laughs> and Crystal's the guest. And Marty's the guest. And so well, I, I don't want to bogart. I don't want to bogart the show. So basically. Well, we should, we should do a totally shapeless show with all kinds of. This uh, is what we've just done. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's our last show here on Dark Matter. But, but you know what? I think. Can we still say we're on Dark Matter? I hope Keith is listening. Can we still say we're on Dark Matter? We are tonight. If, we're on Dark Matter. No, no, no. I mean, if, unless if he pulled the plug early because he was like, man, this show. That's bad. What the hell are they doing? It sucks. <laughs> but no, but I mean, if, if he's running podcasts or reruns or whatever people call it when it's not live, we still are part of Dark Matter because we're the oldest show on the network, guys. Uh, I'm not. Well, no, when did you start? Because I was the second or third one in, nope, and the two the, people ahead the, of me nope, left. We're the, we're the first. Angel's second because his show had to wait a week. Well, no, we were the you were the first to be on the air before Art Bell. No, 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 no. On the network, I think they had hosts already doing the show. No, no, no. When I was, when no, no, no. no. This is when the network was just. This was like when the network was only a singularity, and yeah, but there was bang happened. Right, but no, there are already (laughs) shows on the network when we joined. That's the thing. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying no shows on the network. They're gone. No, 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 guys, you're. I'm trying to tell you there are lots of shows that were on the network ahead of us, but we're the the oldest remaining show. There you go. Now you're clear. You know, I was thinking. That's accurate. About that. Yeah, and see, Angel would have been the oldest because he would have started on a Monday, but but we simply started before you by accident. Because somebody (laughs) felt somebody fell asleep. I know. I know. <laughs> and you know what's funny? It, 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 it's funny that person who fell asleep. Uh, I guess got window was going on with art and the whole network thing, and he sent me a, a very cryptid thing on on Skype the other day saying, "Hey, how's business going?" <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody, and Jerk. that's one of our one of our Twitter friends or a Gabcast friends or a Bell Gab. Somebody suggested that tonight we should talk about. All the people who have screwed us, but I think this is a depressing. Well, let me let me start with let me start with the person who always has a con. Yeah, well, we're not going to do that, and we're not going to talk about George he's a, he's Norrie. Like, we're con. not going to. But, but you just mentioned the name. See, I'm being encrypted. I'm not mentioning the name, and you go yeah, with George Yeah, the the, the 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 what do you call it? The mustache squatch. The stash watch. Stash watch. Yeah. Stash watch. <laughs> Poor George. So as we move the deck chairs, uh, the deck chairs around <laughs> on the Titanic. Uh, the um, it, is, it is the bottom of the hour, so we are going to take our bottom of the hour break, and we will be back with our our guests, Crystal Storm, Marty Willis, and we will see you on the other side on the Dark Matter Digital Network and PSN Radio. So stay with us for the last half. Hour. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-orientated discussions. 
We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, and capricornmembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic, truth is truth. UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They had very large eyes, and you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London. The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Oh, go. 
And we are back on Future Theater Live on the Dark Matter Digital Network and PSN Radio with our guests, Crystal Storm and Marty Willis. And, uh, okay, so there we go. So the squad. The squad. The squad. The squad. The squad, by the way, this story was one of Geraldo's 10 best episodes because there was always a fist fight on the stage between this guy. All the wait, way wait, back. wait, go back, go back. Uh, these guys might have actually seen it or heard about it. This is the time when um, uh, chairs were flying and Gerardo's nose got broken. No, this was a no. This was a subsequent. This was a subsequent show after the nose got broken. Well, l- um, l- let me set set the stage a little bit. Set um, the this, stage. this is the uh, guy who comes to our house, uh, highly recommended, with two bodyguards. And I just felt that he must have left a needle-sized listening device or something in the house. I felt that paranoid and freaked out. This guy, because when this guy started telling us that Hoover, J. Edgar, this is before the dress stuff was was national news, um, he that Hoover hired a bunch of mafia people uh, to kill people for him, his own private mm-hmm. hit squad, and that's why it's called the mm-hmm. squad. <clears throat> and there was a um, – oh, so the Geraldo thing is – and so this guy is old but feisty. He's still with us on the on the planet. He's in his 90s, I believe, now. And he's old but feisty. He used to be a boxer. And so – and he loved doing the publicity for his book, but he couldn't let his face or name be seen. He used a pseudonym, Mike Milan. And when he was on Geraldo, um, he was – they put a screen up between – uh, Mike Milan sitting in a folding chair with a wig on and sunglasses so that he, even in the, you know, so the audience could see but not recognize him. And then there was a guy on the other side of a screen, like a f- fabric screen, <clears throat> who I forget the purpose of the other guy. He was, he was, he was a biker and he was like one of the uh, biker gangs, but he was an FBI informant. Ah, and so at a certain point, Mike Milan got mad and ripped off his wig and whipped off his sunglasses and went around the other side to punch the guy out. This was great television. This oh, was great television. because what happened was Mike says to the guy, "If you're so, if you're so brave, take your, uh, you know, take your." Because this guy's in disguise too, because he was an informant. So he's so, uh, so Mike gets in the guy's face and says, "If you're so brave, take off your beard." And so the guy, and so Mike rips his beard off. The guy rips his beard off, and Mike says to the guy, "Now you're dead." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so this is this is a guy who, you know, and then Bill can tell the story of the squad. Well, no, it, it's really a simple story. All the way back in, um, even before, when Mike was in, um, back during the war. Uh, um, J. Edgar Hoover and Bill Casey of the OSS went, uh, they were perplexed by the um, spies that were on the New York waterfront. And of course, you all know the story about how they would turn the lights off in New York because the um, convoys leaving New York Harbor would be silhouetted against the city lights and the U-boats would be able to pick out these convoy ships at night, these freighters at night, and, and torpedo them right off the edge of um, uh, New York, right off the edge of the continent. And Mussolini had spies on the network, and they infiltrated the Union, uh, the Longshoremen's Union. So um, Frank Costello, 
<clears throat> gets Joe Socks Lanza, the head of the Longshoremen's Union. This is all mob-related, the head of the Longshoremen's Union. And they work with Lucky Luciano. He's up at, in uh, Greenhaven in jail. Do we put him away? And they work out a deal where um, Luciano will get out of prison, gets out of prison card. He's deported back to Sicily, and they're going to root the spies out of the Longshoremen's Union, or all the, all the dock workers. And that's called Operation Underworld, very, very famous World War II covert operation in the United States, run by the OSS and J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI. And Mike was a kid, um, 18-year-old kid, and he was involved in this, uh, picking up spies on the waterfront. So after the war is over, Hoover uh, and, and Mike is... is, is working for the mob. He's um, basically is a hitter. And so Hoover comes to him and says to him, I want you to do for me what you're doing for the families. And nobody calls them the mafia, it's the families. I want you to do for me what you're doing for the families. And so Mike becomes a member of this squad. It's an assassination squad. And they met other people on the squad, by the way. So Mike wasn't the only person that they met. And he tells this incredible story of 30 years of doing assassinations for for this squad and and how Hoover he tells the story of of um, the assassination of JFK and Hoover telling him at uh, Dulles, at um, DC National Airport before it became Reagan Airport uh, he says um, when Mike goes to Dallas to eliminate some witnesses uh, Hoover says to him it's LBJ we stay away. I mean, it was stuff like that. It's really kind of intriguing. And so, that's the, and so that's the story of this squad. But the point was that Hoover was using this squad right after the war to eliminate um, German um, people who, uh, ex-Nazis, who filtered wow. back into the United States, and then eliminating communists. And so there was this war going on um, through the 1950s, through the late 40s into the 1950s. But part of it was that Hoover had enlisted the help of the mob. And so this actually plays out in Hollywood in the late 1940s because of uh, the, uh, the blacklist and people like Dalton Trumbo. And they, they were really communists. I mean, they were really seriously communists. In the, it was not like made up. There were really communists in the United States, in the motion picture industry, in the literary industry, people who joined the party in the 1930s during the Great Depression. And so the FBI was infiltrating this and, and basically killing off various people. It, this, 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 so this is a real story of a war that took place inside the United States during the 1950s, from the late 40s, really through the beginning of the 1960s. And that's the story of this. I've had to wow. not surprise me at all. That's fantastic. Wow. Right. And, and one of the people who was put into place by the mob, because it was the mob working with the FBI, um, Sam Giancana, um, people like that, the, the, the people who put um, the, the candidate for president was Ronald Reagan, because he was really a tool. Uh, he had his run in movies in the 1930s and 40s, 
And so he was a tool. They put him in place in, in the Screen Actors Guild because that was really riddled with um, a, a lot of communists and all the guilds were the um, Writers Guild of America was. And so that's where they put him in. And so he was really a tool of the advertising agencies of like Leo Burnett and advertising agencies like that. They didn't know they were mob related, but the mob was financing this. There was mob money that was involved. So um, Reagan, in effect, was the first mob president. Hmm. <laughs> well, uh, folks, uh, folks, folks on Twitter um, must be going so, crazy right now. Well, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> adding, I'm adding what um, folks on Twitter think. Another topic we might do is return to uh, the the John D situation because uh, you well, know. Let, okay, yeah. you bring up John D. Uh, right. I'll give his code number, but you bring up John D. Well, just that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And, you know, Crystal knows of John D, right? Uh, I'm not sure if I know. Okay, you I'm don't. Correct. Okay, now here's, yeah. why, here's why you do. Um, he is the very first, uh, do you say it Magus or Magus? Magus? M-A-G-U-S? Magus. Ma- no, Magus? I'm not sure it's Magus. And it's it, that, that's sort of a sorcerer. Okay, yeah. the ma- I think well, he it's was an alchemist. Day. He was an alchemist, but really and truly, he's the guy, when I was, um, okay, when I was researching for, this is why I'm so excited about reading your books, and because there's two of them, because I was uh, researching for the George Norrie book, Uh, you know, when I say the name now, everybody laughs, I literally have said the name, uh, and people laugh now, because um, Nero Blaze is like a joke, because people think, because Norrie did come up with the name. And so I kind of, but anyway, I was writing a book uh, for George Lurie. No, you Lurie. came up with the name. Did I? Yeah, that was your name. But but George, li- but George liked <laughs> he it. He loved I think it. That, he loved it. That was the thing. And, you know, so here's the thing. Because it, he was supposed to be a time traveler, and, and we had a five or six book contract with Nori and Tor Forge, uh, the biggest science fiction publisher in the world, and the person who, the publisher, long story, but anyway, so we had a personal relationship with this publisher that went all the way back to my first novel in 1980, long, deep personal relationship. And so Bill was able to take George Nori to Tor Forge and sell a five or six book deal. It kept growing the book, the, the amount of books. And this fiction kept getting pushed never back. Never oversell. I, I, I will tell you this as a word of advice. Never oversell because you'll never be able to fulfill what you oversell. No, no, no. I disagree entirely. This, this book was – everything was going great until something happened with Nori where he had to can us. They just, they just fired us. And I was fired. Crystal, you're gonna, this is why I want to be your friend, so maybe you can help me. <laughs> I was fi- just emotionally just had to get out of this hole. I was there's fi- many reasons to be her friend, Crystal. Thought. Yeah, but 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 but, but picture this. I, I I didn't go on the radio for th- four months while Bill did Future Theater all by himself, and I went out into a shack in the back of our property. It's called the Happy Hippie Hut. It's a little room, and I got to chapter thirty-eight of forty-two chapters. It was completely. You know where you are when you're on chapter 38 of 42 chapters. You're in a really deep place. You just, mm-hmm. you know, all the threads are coming together. And the, well, on, and this is Dece- actually, it's almost the anniversary. It's two days past December it's 12th. Today. No, to say today's. No, it's two days past. It was Saturday, was the day. Saturday, 12, 12, 12 at 12 wow. noon. At, and he try and he probably sent it out at twelve o'clock. Synchronicity. 
it's not synchronicity. It's black magic, and we could talk about that. But here's I think. <laughs> it's not black magic. It's part of the dark side of the force. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. And basically, magic is neither white nor dark. Let know. <laughs> yeah, and I have never, I've energy. never, yeah. Well, I've never said on the air, and I still don't have the balls to say it, exactly what he said. But it started out with, Bill, you know I love you, comma, mm-hmm. but... And a thousand dots because it does a thousand dots. But anyway, and and he then goes on to, you know, the book is dead. The book is dead. And this is, I mean, I have, I graduated from Princeton summa cum laude. Uh, Sorry that I have to keep pointing this out because what he said doesn't make any sense to, anyway, he he didn't like the book. Okay. (laughs) And we were fired not only from that book, not only from, uh, but also from the sixth book that was, Bill was working on called Talk Town, the history of talk radio. It's going to be great. Uh, and we were fired. Well, now I'm going to do with Joe Martin. So there you go. I mean, yeah, but self-publish it. It's a whole new publishing ballgame now. You I, know, I, know, I, know, I, know, I 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 know. Especially with your name attached to it now. I mean, you I know, I know, forget I know. that. Can you write the foreword for my next book so I can actually get a sale? Crystal, <laughs> Crystal, are you... Can I be your friend? I should reverse it. <laughs> Crystal, are you a self-publisher? I am. And how many books have you published? I have published two. In that way, and the one thing I was wondering about that: how do you get how do you get it out there? You, it's all up to you. See, one of the reasons that that I self publish was because normally the way the publishing you know the publishing world works is they tell you what to do, they take all your money, and they don't promote you anyway. And that's what a lot of that's authors right. don't understand <laughs> is, is yeah. it, it, they mean the the money in promotion goes to big names. It goes to Stephen King. It goes to the Dean Cuckoo's. It goes to the Dean yeah, it doesn't Amy go to new author. Ten author, million dollars <laughs> to Amy Schumer. <laughs> That's bothering you, eh? Oh, there you go. It bothers me, too. <laughs> oh, my God. No <laughs> talent, Amy Schumer. Exactly. No talent. At all. I take hey. off my clothing. It is all Ten million dollars. <laughs> you know what the best part of the movie Trainwreck was? You know, that she just came out with this year? What? The best I part of the... The end when the credits rolled. That was awesome. It was over. So good. My son loved it. The rest of the movie it. sucked. My, Colin my, my, Quinn. Colin Quinn was great in the movie. I don't even remember him. He was what the was father. The only laugh he I had in the right, entire right, movie right, was... Uh, yeah. The only laugh in the whole movie for me was John Cena when he's uh, with her in bed and like he's strutting around. That, that, that part was kind of funny, but the rest of the movie was like, yeah. Mm. No thanks. Bad news, yeah. Yep. Yeah. There are ways they to get out. You, you got to work the social media. You got to work the Twitter. You got to get on blog yep. tours. You got to you got to do all that kind of stuff. But I mean, well, you were going to have to do like that radio. stuff anyway, even if you had a quote unquote publisher. So that's one of the reasons why I self publish. You know, you can find an editor. You can find somebody to do your book cover. You can get your own ISBN. It's really easy. So that's just right. get rid of the gatekeeper and put it out there. That's right. You know, that's if you've right. got even if you've got a small following, I mean, because you're a radio show host, so you've already got a following. That's where you start. I mean, word of mouth marketing is the most powerful. It absolutely right. is. Yeah. So, but, I mean, but, but Crystal, how do you uh, balance? And I, I ask the same thing of Soroya because Soroya right now, Soroya Baella, which we hardly hardly ever say her last name. <clears throat> Bill's um, hoping to sell her vampire uh, series. She's also doing a series, and she's crazy. She's well into <laughs> book two. And uh, actually, you're crazy, er, because you're past book two. Um, uh, yeah, I yeah, had a complete I, writer's moment where I got rid of everything that I wrote, and I'm rewriting it. 
Well, well, okay. So here's the question about balance. Uh, but Soroya talks on the radio sometimes. You do, and I do. And do you feel really guilty when you're talking on the radio that no. you're giving away all your good stuff for free? No. No? no. Or it's sapping your energies, or, or you're being prideful and boastful, and you really should be writing. I think I'm speaking no. for myself, and Soroya's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of paraphrase a Marion Williamson quote, who is a very awesome human being. And basically the quote is, who are you not to be that amazing person? The world needs more of that. So, yeah. ah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't let don't well, that's read a really your, bad paraphrase. The actual yeah, but don't read better. your uh, don't read your bad press on. I do yeah. read my bad press. I do. There are so she I have Sonarchy Book One. I do Sonarchy mm-hmm. Book One has twenty one reviews on Amazon right now. I'm so popular. Uh, majority <laughs> of them are good, but there's one and it's horrible. Like he hate he hate he hated the book so much. I felt bad and I wanted to like get in touch with him and like give him his money back. That's you, know, uh, you know what? You know what, Crystal? Um, I I published my first book. I don't. Okay, I'm not saying this to brag. Trust me. This is these are facts that you need to know. I published my first, so that when I say something, I really do come from someplace where this means something. And I published with the very best publisher on the planet for first novels, Farrah Strauss and Giroux. Ooh, it was a really big deal. And my editor was is the son of Susan Sontag. She's a very famous, you know, person. Uh mm. and my agent, my agent and I got my agent for, because when I did my thesis, Joyce Carol Oates was one of my readers. Uh anonymously I didn't know she would be. And um so forth and so I have a quote from Joyce Carol Oates on the cover. Ah yeah yeah yeah. I, and and now I, this just drags me back and I think to myself, why why am I here? Why am I in this exact spot? Why had, don't I have 24 I books? ask myself that every day. <laughs> every day I wonder how I got here. Yeah, but, I, but I'm happy, and that's probably okay. And I'm also not happy. I'm, I'm, I, I could be happier. <laughs> I'm sad about Art Bell. I'm sad about Dark Matters. Really, okay, let me just say one thing to Keith. Keith, you really are the hardest working person I have ever seen because yep. I'm I'm up I'm up at five in the morning sometimes and Keith is just getting started on more stuff he's got to do. Seriously, wow. he has put uh, blood, sweat, and tears into this, and that's why. Are, are, are it, you not to bring up something? But are you doing the music tonight for Heather? I yes, I am, and I'm brown nosing like crazy. So keep good because you got two minutes. Oh, wow! Really? Yes, you do. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh well, this is okay. So, dark matter people, I think we're still going to be on dark matter, but you're going to have to now find PSN dash radio. No, just find future theater. No, just find PSN dash. No, future. No, PSN dash radio. First, I'm putting yes. angels first. Yes. Angels first. Go ahead, Nancy. Right, <laughs> angels first. You were and, doing and, so good for the first time, Nancy. And I know. And Go then, ahead. um, so so we say farewell to our live platform of fabulousness guys if you like the show it's going to be on next week um if you're just hearing us for the first time and hate the show well your days are happy because we <laughs> won't be on dark matter any it live or we might who knows who knows but the ramseys are coming so there you go oh I, guys i have guests all the way now into january like umpteen 
three next and week five. is Aztec. Next week is the crash at Aztec. Yeah. So, so if you want to hear it next week live, you have to go to psn-radio.com. psn-radio.com. There you go to hear it live. And to get all the archives, make sure you go to futuretheater.com. Thank you. I was going Thank there. you. And with that, I want to thank our guests, Crystal Storm, Marty Willis, everybody. Thank you so much. One, and, more, thing, uh, one more thing. Tobias McGriff is, is who, Heather, uh, he's a good-looking guy. Let Heather surprise you. Let's good. keep the seat warm okay. for Art Bell. There you go. Okay. I'm throwing that plug in there for myself there. See, Alpha's got to do it. So thanks, everybody. And from the banks of Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Solbury Village in Pennsylvania on this warm, warm and rainy December night, thank you for joining us for Future Theater Live, and we will see you all. We are your co-hosts, Bill. That's me and Nancy. Good night. And we'll see you next week on Future Theater. Feeds on water. I walk a stone and I feel the power.